you are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am joined, as always, by Adam Mattis. Adam, I think when we were told that the Denver Nuggets were going to come back hungrier than they ever have been before, Nikola Jokic took that a little too literally. A <laughs> little nervous about this. Well, well done. Well done, Anthony. Your first good joke. How does it feel? How does it feel? You know, I would laugh, but I don't want to cough all over my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, all right. I, I'm, I don't want to go full fat shaming here, but I did notice this. While the, <laughs> while the, the, the. I can't believe this has to be a caveat. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. But uh, while the Denver Nuggets were playing the New Orleans Pelicans today, the thing that really stuck out to me was that he was playing against Jalil Okafor, who was dealt with weight problems of his yeah. own and right. looked noticeably bigger. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Jokic is his own shaped person like in the NBA. And I don't I mean that yeah. quite literally. He has a body type and also a condition like a level of conditioning different than anyone in the NBA. So, yeah, um, yeah it's a you know, the Nuggets are in an interesting place right now, Anthony. Um, three and two. They have won three ugly games. They lost one game where it looked like they were going to just sleepwalk and, and take care of business. I mean, their their talent level and floor is just so high that they're they're winning some tough games and, and in tough games despite playing just terribly, shooting terribly, mm-hmm. defending terribly. They're just they're just that talented. But tonight was sort of the wake up call that I think people watching them had been waiting for. You knew this smackdown was coming. You were just waiting for to see which team was going to deliver it. Yep. Uh, we're going to start today's show by talking about that Denver and New Orleans game. New Orleans wins 122-107. to The second segment we're going to talk, we're going to bounce around the, the NBA a little bit. Uh, the Spurs kind of challenged the, the the Clippers today with Kawhi playing. That yeah. game went down a little bit to the wire. It was, it was comfortable-ish. So we're going to bounce around the league in the second segment. And then finally in the third segment, we're going to bring back our eliminate teams from finals contention segment i can't wait to see who you're eliminating i, I feel like you you've got you've got some takes in you and i, I i've been I bouncing around the house all day on this one uh, <laughs> all right so let's let's get back to that game though as you said sure. kind yeah. of a wake-up call new orleans wins 122 to 107 and even that doesn't quite feel like it encapsulates how kind of dominating it, not dominating but but that sounds closer than it actually felt you know, I think New Orleans played well. You know, Brandon Ingram continues to look really good, continues to score uh, mm-hmm. quite a bit. He was an efficient 7 of 12 for 25 points, got to the line 11 times. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, and of course I'm watching this from a very Denver perspective, but yeah. like I said, this wasn't a game that took me by surprise. We were here in Denver, I think, all kind of waiting for this smackdown to happen. Mm-hmm. And the story, if to anybody that has watched the Nuggets this season or watched them tonight, Nikola Jokic is in a weird funk. I mean, emotionally, yeah. he's... He, he just doesn't look happy. He only took six shots out on the court tonight. Um, he looks miserable. He looks out of shape, but he also just looks like something's bothering him. And I think everybody in Denver kind of waiting. And then today, Anthony, what's interesting, a great report from Mike Singer inside the locker room tonight. Um, that sounds like there was a little bit of a dust up. Michael Malone challenged his team. Yeah. He said they're all talkers. They're not really content. They talk about being contenders, but they're not about action. And then Jamal Murray allegedly in the locker room tonight stepped up. Maybe to, confrontational to um, Michael Malone, or, or or you know saying something uh, to that uh, to that order. And Paul Millsap said that the team was behind Jamal Murray. So uh, again, that's interesting. It, 
yeah, really interesting kind of dust up. I don't think it's anything big, but there were some tensions that I think everybody saw brewing below the surface when you're watching this team, and they are starting to you know, blow up if they haven't already. I'm not going to go so far as to say, like, obviously, there isn't necessarily always a downside. Like, downside is too strong a word for what I'm about to describe here, but kind of the opposite side of the coin to continuity is these guys spent a lot of time around each other. Oh, yeah. All and year no, last year and then it, all yeah. off season this year. And eventually, like, eventually, that's why rock bands and, and break the year up. Before. And the year before. Yeah. And and eventually, you know, that sometimes stuff boils over. And I think tonight might have been that kind of an example of that. I think it's less about the players to each other. You know, at, at least that's the read I have on the situation mm-hmm. and being around the team, obviously, with practices and locker room here in, here in Denver. But I do think that there is – you know, that coach dynamic, I think everybody respects Michael Malone, but yeah. you know, Malone is a, he really wants to drive. He's really, he's a very intense coach. He's a very, mm-hmm. um, traditional and by, you know, by the book in a lot of ways. And I think that is the thing that, you know, first two years, three years, maybe you can really handle that. But after a while, there's a little bit of a, Hey man, <laughs> lay off us a little bit. We're not kids anymore. You right. know, let us, we can yeah. stay out till 11 or whatever. So, I mean, some um, of those guys got paid. Right. Yeah. That changes some of the dynamic as well. I, and I, some of them, and I think even more to the point, some of them to up to be paid this summer. That too. Malik Beasley, Wancho and Gomez, Paul Millsap even, mm-hmm. Tori um, Crane. Can I, can I lob a take at you and see what you think about it? Please. I think they need to make a trade. They have too many guys. Mm. There's too many yeah. good players here. Like you go down the roster and there isn't like bad players on that roster. And I think what they kind of need to do is consolidate some of that talent and make a move for the kind of player that can change the the tone of the locker room or or can yeah. step in and 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 make more of a presence felt that they haven't over these last few years. They're playing like 13 guys. No, is it even yeah. more than that? They're playing like Well, tonight cuz of a blowout. There's right. a 10-man rotation, but more to your point, yeah. Michael Porter Jr. made his NBA debut tonight mm-hmm. and it, it's funny that it's going to not really make headlines around the world because 2 years ago Michael Porter Jr. was, you know, Zion Williams and he was the number one guy and this mm-hmm. this super high-end talent and tonight he gets in and he got in before the blowout. He got in in regular rotation minutes, but only because Will Barton was sidelined today. So mm-hmm. Michael Porter Jr., a player that went out tonight, had 15 points on five of eight shooting, including some good. very impressive buckets. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy that can't even crack this rotation because there's so many other guys on this roster. So I'm with you. I think this team, I think it's actually part of what's at the the center of, I don't want to call this a conflict. This is more of just like an early season bump in the road. Um, at least that's what it is right now. But I think what's causing that and what could continue to cause that is that very fact that there's 12 players on this roster that would play in just about every rotation in the entire NBA. And Denver needs to pick which ones they want on their team and make room for those guys. I also want to give a little credit here. It's been the whole time here kind of dumping on the Nuggets. How did things go wrong for them tonight? But you know, New Orleans gets their first win of the season. If we would have gone yeah. into this year and I told you that it would be the New Orleans Pelicans and not the Sacramento Kings who got their first one of the year before the other, I don't think we would have predicted that, especially knowing that Zion Williamson wasn't playing. As you said, Brandon Ingram looked really good tonight. Joel, o- you know, J- Jalil Okafor. Jalil Dominated Okafor. Jokic. <laughs> he, he was just and, – and again – he looks so spry compared to Jokic, and I don't know. Well, like that's you're not saying, hard to do. <laughs> well, I mean, Okafor isn't known for foot speed. Well, I think Jokic is in. Um, I, 
I think he there's two things working against him. One is the, we mentioned being a little bit heavier even than what he was last season, so yeah. going the wrong direction. But also, I, as I mentioned, this just weird funk. He's in this weird funk. Motivation and effort is at an all time low, and I mean, again, it, it almost feels like a sending a message type of thing with him. But to your point, this I really enjoyed watching the Pelicans tonight, and I know a lot of people have all year, but. One of the things that was neat, Drew Holiday, I thought, played a great game. And for a guy who's the best player on this team, he played such a complimentary role tonight because that's sort of just what the game called for. I mean, he had a nice Mm -hmm. 19 points on 7 of 17 shooting. But Brandon Ingram ran the show a lot tonight, and Drew Holiday seemed content to do that and defend. And it was just neat to see a veteran, established player like that so comfortable in his role. I mean, that's always been Drew Holiday's role. Sure. Right. And I think that really helps. If you're looking for the type of veteran to have on this specific team, Holiday is about as good as they get, as a lot that of, guy yeah. could get. But a lot of players of his caliber would look at this and say, okay, this is my chance my to have my team. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is my team or whatever. And tonight I just thought he played a very smart game, a very down-to-earth game, and, and he was incredible defensively. And Brandon Ingram had it going, and he and Jalil Okafor, and he kind of just got them the ball. Yeah. Fun game if you're a Pelicans fan Something to keep an eye on here with Denver. Uh, I'm sure we're going to be talking about this over the course of the season because heading into it, the Nuggets were one of my favorites to win, not win the West, you know, per se. Regular season. But the the West regular season, they were my favorite to have more wins than any other Western team. And it, it's been kind of a weird opening for them. So something mm-hmm. to keep an eye on. Let's take a quick second here. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Clippers and Spurs game. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid both got their suspensions. Ben Simmons avoided it <laughs> in quite <laughs> hilarious fashion. So uh, plenty of stuff to get to here in the second segment. And then again, in that third segment, we're going to eliminate four teams each that we don't think are going to win a title this year. So hang tight. So the Clippers, uh, Go in and beat the undefeated Spurs. <laughs> Did you think that's how we would introduce this game? <laughs> yeah, for real. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, but but they do. They take care of business. Uh, the Kawhi Leonard, you, you could just kind of tell. He's been in facilitator mode this year more than in uh, some years past. But he, sure. he very evidently wanted to yeah. remind his former team, yeah, I'm that, I'm that guy. Just a quick reminder. Uh, so that was kind of fascinating to, to to watch. He shot 32 attempts today. 32. <laughs> he gets 32 him up. Shots. Um, uh, and only six free throws. And and here's my first point. It's funny how many quote unquote throwback teams we have because the Clippers here, Kawhi Leonard is leading the league in attempts from the mid range uh, with 37. Second in the league this year is Lou Williams at 36. Mm. And it's kind of interesting. Kawhi Leonard immediately after the game cited the team's defense. The Lakers this year have been playing really good defense. The the, the Philadelphia 76ers, the last undefeated team, is making their name on defense. This feels kind of like a throwback season. It's been kind of fun early on. I, I don't expect these trends to, to hold out over the course of the year. But it's kind of fun to see just, yeah, defense is kind of ruling the day so far in the NBA. Well, I don't even – you know what I will say? I, I thought um, 
the great writer at the Athletic, Seth Parton, now had a, a great point the other day. He said this might be the an all time high for just watchability of teams. So many yeah. teams have a very fun style, and I think that's what you're getting at. Yeah, you have you have a lot of interesting styles, but you just have also have a lot of teams that are doing. I guess things that you really respect about great teams playing defense, moving the ball, you know, playing with pace, whatever. And so um, that extends to both of these teams in San Antonio and the Clippers, although I think especially the Clippers. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, to me, he's just one of the most fun players to watch. And that's not something I would have guessed I would have said a couple years back. Yeah. Well, styles make fights. And I think this year we have more styles. Yeah. So I, I think what it what it comes down to is I thought the NBA, one of the things that they were kind of running into was that a lot of these teams at the very top, the upper echelon teams, well, they were playing similar styles. So it was just a matter of like who was playing better that night while these guys had similar styles. And and on a nightly basis, you have more of these kind of mismatched styles. And, and, and you know, it's kind of funny we're talking about this game because these teams do have similar styles. They're just such different styles from how we think of teams playing in 2019. And it was yeah. fun. I mean, DeMar DeRozan, he goes for 29 points on 13 of 21 from the field. Uh, it, there was there was some fun matchups there where Leonard was guarding DeRozan. DeRozan was guarding Leonard. At one point, DeRozan got kind of tied up with Patrick Beverly, who, <laughs> like, it's just, you could just insert name, got tied up with Patrick Beverly on a Every night, night yeah, on yeah. repeat. But yep. it, was, it was a fun, it was a fun kind of game. And, and it's, it, you know, it wasn't one of the TNT games, so it might not have been watched by as many people. But it was, I was kind of surprised it wasn't a TNT game, honestly. Yeah, Montrez Harrell seems to be sort of a barometer for the Clippers. They yeah. seem to go how he goes. He had a big night tonight, nine of course, of 24, 9 of 11, 24 points. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. He seems like a, a real real big X factor for them. But, yeah, this why wasn't this one the marquee game? Anytime you get Kawhi Leonard and, <laughs> and the Spurs, yeah, you know you're going to get something good. If he was on the Lakers, like this absolutely would have been one of the uh, TNT games. Well, you know, if you know the Nuggets, if Jokic wasn't you know in a, in a funk – and Zion Williamson was playing. I think that, that also been a makes fun for a, a very, very fun one. <laughs> That's the Christmas Day matchup. There you go. All right, let's. I want to talk about the suspensions that were handed out today. Okay. And Ben Simmons avoids suspension for calming down Carl Anthony yeah. Towns with his arms. Yeah, it was a great job. He <laughs> <laughs> did a great job. He really de-escalated the situation. Carl Anthony Towns was literally tapping out. <laughs> uh, but I, what did you think about the suspensions coming out for Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns? Given the way that the – not just the game played out, but – they sat there afterwards and were going, yeah. like, using profanity on Twitter. I was surprised it was only two games. I'm not complaining because I think great players should just be allowed to play or whatever. But, yes, but I, I was surprised suspension. that it was only two games each. I was too. And I actually kind of worried about that because yeah. that's not that big of a prize, like of a penalty. Yeah. So well, maybe the next guy, when he's sitting there with the you know fist ready to go, ready did you to, see ready Jay to Crowder's tweet? What did he say? He said, like, only two games? Yeah, exactly. Well, hell he's yes. already calculating, like, yeah, who do I gotta who am I gonna get this out on? A two gate two day two game suspensions, no no problem. Um yeah, so I am surprised by that. And then I will say, you know me, I'm a I'm a crotchety old man, Anthony, about these types of things. But I think the Instagram like clouding and stuff, yeah. I think it's so corny 99% of the time. You gotta really stick the landing. And I thought towns going at Embiid, who has like a higher batting percentage on online trolling than anyone. Yeah. 
you better have something better than what he came out with. I just was so unimpressed. Yeah, I it kind of felt I I felt like both guys were pulling punches, which kind of feels symbolic about an NBA fight in general. Yeah, right? <laughs> for real. <laughs> like, you would think that when these guys, you know, these I mean, the idea of and one of the one somebody made this point. It might have been you in our in our group chat or whoever it was. It was, it was a like, great point. It was definitely me. <laughs> imagine being a normal sized human being and being asked to separate Carl oh, Anthony yeah. Towns and Joel Embiid. Uh, but really, like it, it wasn't. It wasn't something that I don't. I was never particularly worried about. But but yeah, I was. I was surprised at this. And and I do think that if you're the NBA, it's not so much that you got to send a message, but you also don't want to send the wrong message. And I felt right, like yeah. this is where you're basically telling everybody, you know what? Yeah. Uh, please don't do it, and yeah. we'll slap you on the wrist if you do. And then it gets weird if the next time it happens, you suspend even harder because now you're like, oh god, it's starting to happen more. Then you right. have an issue there. Yeah, so I, I, I thought I thought it would be a few more games. I thought maybe five, mm-hmm. um, which it seems like a, a strong enough penalty that you would get the job done without being so big that you're losing stars, you know. So yeah. I thought five maybe would be the number. I'll tell you what my favorite thing. We don't have this on the list, but my favorite thing that happens this time of year. Yeah, I love. That the Timberwolves, you know, Timberwolves fans, Phoenix Suns fans, five games in are already planning like the playoffs and the parade. And, <laughs> and it's one of those things where it's like when you haven't been there and your team shows a little bit of promise and you're like, oh, yeah, we done it. We're over the hump, guys. We're there. <laughs> Is this... we're, with the big, we're with the big boys now. We're three and two. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I do. It. I do like the hope. The hope at the beginning of the oh, year yeah. is fun. Although the the flip side of that is that like the Sacramento Kings fans are like, "Damn it, we're back!" <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's so sad. Man, I don't. I don't think Luke Walton makes it to the to December. <laughs> this might be. This might be a quick one. <laughs> this might be. This, what a sad team, though. Yeah, a completely different identity, and then of course, yeah. just that zero and five record. Oof. Oof. All right. Uh, well. Something tells me the Kings might come up in the next segment. (laughs) (laughs) So hang tight. We'll come back and we're going to eliminate eight total teams, four teams each from the finals this year. So this became one of my favorite segments of the year. Unfortunately, it kind of fell off the table when we weren't able to keep track of the teams that we actually eliminated (laughs) over the course of the season. But uh, we are going to do a better job of this this year. I actually have a bets board behind me. So if at any point Adam and I just want to have a whatever bet, we can put that up on the board. But it's going to be how (laughs) I'm going to keep track of these teams that we eliminate over the course of the season. Uh, So what we're doing right now, we aren't saying that their season is over. We're just basically saying that these teams that we name are definitely not winning championships this year. I like to make Adam freak out because of my own freaking out. So I'm going to start this. Are you ready? Let's do it. The Golden State Warriors are not winning a championship this year. That You are getting so hot, man. But, I mean, it also does not feel hot at all. I mean, that, that actually it's, feels pretty cold. It's it's really, really cold. And the, uh, the, the what's wild to me about this is that is, this is a cold take. This is just like a, yeah, the the Golden State Warriors, 
that we thought were ruining the league over the last five or six years. Well, I mean, this is yeah, this is not that team. It's not so. It's I mean, you could say that, but that's it's not that team. Well, I was <laughs> they, I, they were the organization that was, but the team is very different. It is, but but it's still like the key players un, un, until a couple days ago were and you're and you're eliminating them. them in large part because one of those players is going to be out for well, i was ready to eliminate him before step yeah you well that, that's the that's the hot take that's the hot take all right you want my first one yep it is the chicago bulls oh wait who might be the worst team i wanted to go back i wanted to go back you want to know <laughs> we're going back so fast you're falling over um <laughs> The actual hot take here is that I think the Golden State Warriors, as currently constructed, is the worst team in the West. Wait, what? With, like, fully healthy? No, 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 I mean, like, with Steph out, like, Steph is going to come oh, back come on. and rejoin. Oh, come on. That is rejoin... not a hot take at all. This is the cold. Again, this is the coldest really? take. They have two in... Yes, they have two NBA players on their roster. <laughs> they have Draymond half. Green and D'Angelo, and D'Angelo Russell. I, everybody else is hurt and out. Yeah. I mean, who's your, who's your half player? Well, Looney. Isn't he? Yeah, but he's out. <laughs> is he out again? Yeah, so I, that, that's I, you know that's what I'm saying. They don't have anybody, so that team it's not a hot take. They are terrible, and they probably will find themselves down 30 points at halftime again very very soon. Yeah, probably. All right, so you said the Chicago Bulls. Why yes, because they are also terrible. <laughs> so the Bulls now have losses to the uh, Hornets, Oof. to the Grizzlies, Oof. to the Cavaliers, Eef. and the Knicks. They are losing to the worst of the losers. <laughs> they they just had the easiest schedule possible. They are one and four. Um, they are eliminated. This is not a good team. Uh, it, it's a disappointing team to be sure, at least at, at this part. And and um, there are some people that had them as a playoff team. That was cute. They, they sure don't look like that. <laughs> so we talked earlier about Mike Malone. My, Michael Malone, sorry. We talked about Michael Malone earlier and, and how – he has the kind of voice that after so long starts to get weary on on players and okay. Jim Boylan has that same kind of approach to coaching and the difference here though is that Malone had success and that success drives respect from players Boylan at no like started out hot on his players didn't have success with those players Maintain yeah, but they loved that, him. Maintain that same attitude. And I think eventually, like, if somebody is yelling you while yelling at you the way that he does while you're losing in the NBA, I just don't think that's how you coach the, the, the guys who are the age of especially his own players. And I think, yeah, I, I think some of that, like, he is heavily to blame for the way things have gone these first five games. They're also on my list, by the way. Okay, so they're on your list as well. Yeah, um, that's why that's why I spent a little bit of time also talking. Okay, who who else is on your list? The Sacramento Kings. <laughs> <laughs> your boy, Luke Walton, defend him. I can't. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot yeah, do it. Yeah, he was can't. talking the other day about how uh, he was concerned about the conditioning on this team. You know who helps set the tone for conditioning on the team? The coach. Weird. And and so one of the things that we have really noticed, Pete and I, while we've been talking about the Lakers on Locked on Lakers, is that this is a coaching staff filled with professionals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it wasn't it wasn't Frank Vogel going out 
and just handpicking his buddies that he's always coached with and in putting together his coaching staff. And the amount of cronyism that just follows Luke Walton wherever he goes, like that eventually is not gonna do get the job done in the NBA. And and I really think that until he learns that, and he might not have the opportunity to learn it because of the way things are going here in Sacramento, but until he learns that, he's always gonna be kind of hamstrung by his own stubbornness in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. You might be right. I mean, that team doesn't look very good. Yeah. So there's there there's certainly something there, and they were a very very good team last year. Yep. Um, my next team is the I, every year they're the first team I eliminate. It's the New York Knicks. <laughs> it's an annual tradition. I also have them. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I tried to do what's one. not to love. I was thinking Charlotte, but the Knicks are just such an easy pick. It's just such are an we easy only, obvious pick. Are we only how many are we doing? Four. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but because you and I agree on two of them, that that kind of makes us different. Why, if I'm a Knicks fan, why should I? Why should I be excited about the direction of that organization? <laughs> I mean, because you've gone this far, <laughs> <laughs> you might as well just keep going. I mean, at what point do you just? If like, you're still still on board, you might as well talk yourself into anything. Why though? Like, why not jump ship and go be a Nets fan? Why not? Uh, Oh, I, I wouldn't expect a Lakers fan to understand what it means to really suffer. So, well, there this we is what, had the this last is what, seven years. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, but but you know they're also you know they've also I think not to make too much light of it because they have had a couple of tragedies, of course. Um, yeah. Dennis Smith Jr. Reggie Bullock d- dealing with some things. So, yeah. um, you know, th- they they do have some young pieces that have some potential. Obviously, R.J. Barrett is a guy that has a lot of potential and physical ability. So, you know, something so you could talk yourself into any of these things, but unfortunately I just, and Mitchell Robinson's another guy that I kind of like, um, could be something, but yeah. I don't know. <laughs> this, this league's really, really good. And they don't seem to have my, my not, thing is like that blind, just kind of following no matter what, like that's how, that's how Jim Dolan gets let off the hook all the time. Knicks fans just like continuing to follow no matter how badly he screws up that team and that entire organization. Like at some point, the way you hold them accountable is through apathy. This is like I'm gonna blame you for your cable package being so high. If we all boycotted them, and they would have to lower their prices. Like it's a little said than done, man. It's It's not. No, it's not. It's not different. Like a fan base is an enormous group of people, and trying to pretend that this like you can like. I am going to make the stand against them to force them into sailing or this or that. So, come on, man. No, you, if we could have that sort of control on the market, we would have much better deals on all of the things that, that bother us. That's true. Cable that's, being just one of them. That's true. And congratulations on, on that getting done in Denver. Thank but, you. It's not the, sadly not the cable provider I have, so now I have to switch providers. Damn it. <laughs> I know. But I, I just – for me – I don't know. I go through this all the time with the Vikings. It's just like in the Dodgers right now. We're in the same kind of a boat. And and it's kind of weird to say that about the Dodgers given the fact that they are always in the playoffs or whatever. But the Vikings, like time after time after time after time, they are so annoying and so annoyingly bad. And the Knicks are that to the nth degree. And I think eventually, like I, I wouldn't hold it against any Knicks fan if they said, screw this, I'm a Nets fan now. I'm yeah. done with you guys. Jim Dolan, F off. I'm done. I'm, I want to root for this team that is actually going somewhere and happens to also play in well easy proximity to me. 
we have just, I guess, different perspectives on fanhood. Really? And again, and again, if you've been a Knicks fan for this long, I mean, why now? You know, at some point, it's just you're rooting for the miracle. You're not rooting for, you know, the easy way out. You're just you, this is who you are. We both have. That's how I feel kids. about with Denver. I mean, that's how I feel about Denver. Of course, the odds of the Denver Nuggets ever winning a championship are so low, so overwhelmingly low that. But they can um, still have fun seasons. The Knicks don't feel like they can. <laughs> They've had some fun seasons now over the last two decades, <laughs> one or two. Fifty in fifty years of their existence, they have five good years, uh, <laughs> good uh. fun years. I don't know if I was if I was all right. So you and I both have kids, and if I was if I had a kid, and they asked me, "Hey, Dad, which team should I root for in basketball?" <laughs> I would tell them, "Root for the Nets. This existence <laughs> is miserable. Don't do it to yourself." Uh, you know, misery, it, it can be a good person, uh, a good thing for a person. <laughs> I encourage your kid to... Uh, <laughs> to be miserable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, be miserable. All right. That'll do it for this episode and this week's episodes of the Locked On NBA podcast. Make sure you guys continue to subscribe to this feed and across the entire network of shows. We have some really exciting things going on right now. Uh Adam and I are going to continue to do this on a weekly basis. This specifically, I think once a month, we're going to eliminate four teams each. But the NBA is in a great spot right now. Uh, The NFL is in in full swing right now. Yes, baseball just ended, but they are heading into a a absolutely fascinating offseason. So plenty of stuff to continue to listen uh, to the Lockdown Network about. Have a great rest of your weekend. Make somebody else's, and we'll talk to you next week week.